Hello, and welcome to Dope Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Bikita Pegram, and I am going to give you something to think about. Hello, everybody. This is Bikita Pegram, and welcome to our podcast, Dope Conversations. Today, we have a special guest. We have Tyler Perkins here, and he's going to give us the perspective of the youth. Oftentimes, when we think about social justice and we think about actual movement, it actually happens with the youth, and it happens at the grassroots level. And we want to make sure that we don't disregard or not listen to the youth because they do have a lot to say. And so I'm extremely excited to have someone from our community that is in um, high school and that can give us a little bit about what he's thinking about social justice and how we got here. And um, just want to take a moment to tell you a little bit about him. We know that he's an avid Texans fan (laughs) and He supports um, the Texans, but he loves talking sports and he loves talking about stats and he loves to debate about stats. But here today, he's here to talk about his perspective about the social justice movement. He's a high schooler at Seven Lakes High School here in Houston, Texas. So welcome to the show, Tyler. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. No complaints. Glad that it is warm weather today because, <laughs> as I said, we're in Houston, and Tyler and I have been through a long week. How was your week so far? It was pretty good, but it was uh, up and down with the power going off and on. Yeah. On it, time. Same. Same. So is everything stable with you now? Yes, ma'am. We're doing pretty good over here. How about you? Pretty good. I am glad to have stable power, (laughs) like you said. So we're thankful for that. And I thank you for coming on today. Thank you for bringing me here. So my first question for you is, what created your awareness for social justice? What exactly happened that you say, you know what, some things need to change? Well, for me, the first, like, event that happened was, like, the Trayvon Martin incident. Well, like, I was very little, but, like, it just shook me. And I just wonder why, like, someone would do that to a person just because, like, the color of their skin. And I just started to notice that it just would happen every single year, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then it just, like, it really hit me at home when my mom said, like, you can't go outside playing with your friends with a little toy gun because, like, the Tamar, Tamir Rice incident. So it really shook me that those people, like, on the ground and, like, getting harmed, those people could be me, could be shared the same skin color. Wow. So that really shaped your childhood because here you are thinking that you're just playing with a toy gun, but then your mom has to explain to you. Do you remember how old you were? I was about, like, 10, 12-ish, that range. Wow. So at 10, your mom had to sit down with you and have a conversation about the implications of what a toy gun could mean for you in real life. Yes, ma'am. That's difficult. As a, a mom to have to, you're, you almost feel like you're taking your son's childhood away by having those discussions. So have you ever experienced discrimination yourself directly? 
Well, not necessarily directly, but it was like indirectly. It was like an incident that happened at school with my teacher. And like, it was in a social studies class. And like, we was talking about how like, how some of your civil liberties or amendments could be taken away for like the greater good of society. Like, for example, when you like go on a plane and like TSA is like always touching over you and like invading your privacy, but it's like, it's, oh, it's safety for the plane. And so she was saying how her, like her 80 year old mother, but like the, the TSA was touching her like so much and like checking if she had anything. And she was explaining how like her mother's so old. She's 80 years old. She has back problems. She has blue eyes and she's white. And so we were just like, what does is, what is your skin color have to do with anything on how you would be seen different with safety mm. issues? Right. So, so you we just shook about it. Wow. That to me, just listening to the story, it almost saying it only sounded almost sounded like she was saying because her grandmother was white with blue eyes, she should have been exempted from this type of treatment. But it was understandable for anybody else. Exactly. Wow. What grade were you in at that time? I was in eighth grade. Okay. Okay. So did anyone say anything to her about that? Or did they just kind of like let her say it and kind of go on? Was like the whole like class just like gasped. And she was like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. And I didn't mean it like that. And it just like made me like realize like how these people could be like your teachers, your doctors with this same type of like mentality and attitude towards people of color, just how white is greater than black. Yeah, because you sit there and just like you said, all those professions, those professionals have so much respect in our community. And we think we have that mutual respect, but sometimes you find out that mutual respect is not always there. So what did you want your parents and educators to know about the youth's involvement in social justice? I want them to know that, like, just because we're teenagers, just because we're young, doesn't mean that we don't know anything. As teenagers, we, like, we see these things on the Internet all the time, and we're learning and trying to be more progressive with our studies and to, just to see how what's right from wrong and how things should change and, like, it's a different age. True, and I think that's one thing... I don't I don't know if it's intentional, but maybe a protective strategy that parents use by not talking to their teenagers about issues that we see in the news and protective in the sense that we feel like we're protecting you from the harm and the negativity. But we have to realize y'all are hearing it somewhere else and you're talking about it somewhere else. And I think that is something that teachers and parents need to know. Um, what are some of the things the school system can do to help students be more involved? I think the school system, like, we should just, we should start talking about these incidents in our classrooms so, like, people will, like, know more about what's going on and be more educated. Because I feel like sometimes the the school district, like, they're just too close-minded and don't want to talk about these things that are really happening in the uh, outside world. And I feel like we should uh, start learning about what's happening and talking about it. So what do you think might be some of the reasons they don't want to talk about it? I think they just don't want to, don't want to like offend anybody or hurt any feelings because we all have different views on certain scenarios. So Mm -hmm. I think they just don't want to 
harm anybody. I can see that, Tyler. I can I can see that. Um, I think when you talk about the school system getting involved, you deal with a lot more politics than you probably would deal with at home, talking with, about it with yeah. mom and dad and your family members. And at school, like you said, they have to think about a lot of different people who may get offended. And that in itself is a problem because I don't, me personally, I don't see how can you get offended by a set of people wanting to be treated human. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just crazy how some people are just think like that. Yeah, and I think the school system often plays it safe because they get state money. They Their money is attached to the government, so they play it safe and they don't want to kind of um, rock the boat, if you may say. How can you, or what ways do you think the youth can get involved in the grassroots level? Because when you think about the community, it's your next-door neighbor. It's the people to ride the bus with you or the people that go to school with you. What do you think that we can do at the community level to get the youth more involved? I think for us, the biggest thing are like about youth is social media. So like, it's like if you want to organize and talk together about like the problems in society, it will be spread through social media for like the youth level, like on posting this like on Snapchat and stuff like that to bring everybody together and talk about different injustices in our society. I can see that because whereas um, my age group, we're on social media. But I think you, the youth uses the social media as a news outlet, as a communication tool. So maybe social media. But how would you, how would you do that besides just posting? Like, how could you use social media? Because I'm trying to think of ways in, in my brain, <laughs> but I'm not that connected in social media that way. So I wonder if you could share or maybe identify some ways that we can use social media. I think we can use social media by just spreading your message because everyone has a cell phone in their hand and everybody sees what's going on. So if you just spread your message to just not your your like your family members but to the whole entire world, mm-hmm. people will learn like different capabilities and see where you're coming from mm-hmm. or like your perspective of what's going on. So it could probably change their mind or see from where you're coming from. That's good. Um and not to put you on the spot, but how do you use your social media? Is that one of the ways that you use your social media? Well, yeah, I, I use my social media for more like uh, sometimes social injustices, but like more of religion. Like mm. I will post uh, time to time on my Instagram, like little Bible verses mm-hmm. that like help me out. And so it can help other people out and just things for people like to just keep motivated and keep being encouraged by all things. Because my favorite Bible verses, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I post that sometimes on my uh, Instagram and Snapchat so people would just stay encouraged. That's cool. That is actually my favorite Bible verse. So I'm sitting over here with this humongous big grin because that is a Bible verse that um, helps me move through life because you do get you get faced with all kinds of stuff and you can't control when or who or what it looks like when you're faced with a storm. So um, that Bible verse has helped me through a lot. Even the things like this podcast, um, taking time to say, okay, you can do this. You can use this as your vehicle 
to help with social justice. And um, yes, so do you find that your scriptures and your relationship with God has helped you deal with social justice? Yes, because it just, it shows me how, like, this world is like, it's, it's like a test, but it also provides, like, the Bible provides me, like, some sense of, like, unity and to show who's in charge. And, like, God will not put you in a situation that you cannot handle. Mm-hmm. So it just, it gives me hope and faith that someone's always going to be there for me. And, like, I'm always going to be protected. Amen. That's good. I um I think with social justice, it can be such a heavy topic and a heavy project in a work of life. It's not something that is going to end in one conversation. It's not something that's going to end with one post. You have to have something that can continue to motivate you and feed you and renew you to keep going in the movement. And I too, I can see where my relationship with God is going to be my strength in even in this podcast and making sure that I stay diligent and consistent in finding good topics and being about great conversations. So what would you tell your faith, your fellow friends and your teenagers and your classmates? What are some of the things that you think they can do to start helping the movement and helping some change come about? I would just tell them to like, just to see what's going on and to see these events from like the front and the back of it. And I would advise them just to spread their knowledge to the world and don't be afraid of what anybody else says and just spread your perspective so people can learn from what you're saying. That's good. What are some of the ways that you keep up with what's going on in the world as far as you being a teenager and where do you get your news from? Well, I follow, uh, I follow uh, one of the people I follow is Sean King. Okay. And so he posts a lot about like social injustices and all the things that happen in like America. And it just, it just strikes me how this crazy stuff happens every day that has to do with race and that we should just all be treated equally as the same as humans. Okay. I like that. I follow him as well. Um, I know there's Trey the truth. I think as far as local justice that's happening in Houston, he's very active in our community. I appreciate all the work that he's doing. Um, Do you see a local social justice movement like on your block or at your church can you think of a movement or anybody that is involved well at my school we we just started this club or group it's called black uh student union bse oh so sometimes we just uh set up like little speeches and like little values about just how being black in america or just being black in school district and like different perspectives on life and stuff like that and just giving back to the community and like giving food drives and stuff like that. That is great, Tyler. So now I can add your name to Trader Truth's name. I know somebody else locally that's doing some stuff. That's cool. So what was one of the, the well, well, what was the last thing that y'all worked on? For us, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was like a little, it was like a little food bank that we given to the homeless. 
like canned food and just we were just all collected together and just go out to the uh, homeless shelter and just give them food. That's cool. And I guess because it is at the school, do you all have teachers that are advisors? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh, cool. So is it like what subject do they teach? I'm just curious to see what subject they come from. I think one teaches English and the other teaches chemistry. Okay. Okay. That's good. Do you feel now this is definitely not off the topic, but it's been in the news lately. How do you feel about black history being in your social studies classes? Oh, I feel like it's great because uh, my school actually just added a new curriculum for next year. It's called uh, African-American studies. So I'm glad that we should like teach more about African-American history in, in America and just the world. Because I feel like some people, we don't, we just don't get that validation. And like as children, we should want to learn about stuff and like be more informative about our own history through America, through the school system. Now, that's big because there are a lot of school systems that are denying that curriculum to be revised so they can add African-American studies. And you mean to tell me you're getting it next year? That's awesome. What school district are you in? KDISD. Okay. So big shout out to KDISD. That is amazing. That's good stuff because I think it's not just important for African-Americans to know the history of our ancestors, but it's important for all races to know. I think when the black community can stop being just looked at as former slaves, then maybe some more respect and appreciation for what we have done for the community in the world will be appreciated. That's good. That's good stuff. Okay. So what grade are you in now? I will be, I'm in a junior. Okay. So you'll get your senior year with that. What do you look forward the most in your senior year as far as um, some things that you want to accomplish? I just want to be, I want to be more vocal and like have my own voice in my community because like I'm turning 18 and I'm going to be my own man. So I just always feel like the uh, the same closed, closed mouths don't get fed. So I just want to be like a person that people look up to in my community. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think by even allowing me to speak with you today, that's a, a great start. You being able to put your voice out there and how you use your social media is definitely a, a great thing. Can you um, think of any books that you have read that kind of helped form your opinion about social justice? Well, not necessarily books, but like I, I just listen to like little YouTube podcasts and just movies and just to see how how like much my people have gone through and still have gone through today. And that just makes me shape how like how I feel about things. And I just like it just hit me a couple of days ago that like people during like segregation, like my grandma lived through segregation. And it just now realized me that how like the world has changed in her face. And like how her opinions about life and like social justice have shaped who I am. Okay. I am going to give you a list of books to read that I kind of help build your library and build your knowledge of black history. Um, Carter G. Woodson is someone that you should tune into. Um, W.E.B. Du Bois is, is definitely someone. 
Marcus Garvey is someone that I would say listen to. Oh, one of my other favorites, Booker T. Washington. Um, I really love Booker T. Washington. He has my favorite quote, and he said, do common things in an uncommon way, and that is my model for life. I liked the fact that Booker T. Washington really advocated for skilled labor positions and skilled labor jobs. Even when he started Tuskegee, it was industrial education. And industrial education is important because we saw it actually this week with the need for plumbers, the need for electricians. That stems directly to industrial education. When you have a community that may not all want to go to college, there's nothing wrong with industrial education, vocation. There's nothing wrong with those skills because they help our neighborhoods thrive. Do you know how busy plumbers are about to be? How busy electricians are about to be? Because we have to have electricity. We went through a whole week of up and down and power. We are now dealing with busted pipes and the lack of water plumbers are essential right now and just think how much help it would be if we had more of the black community involved in those skilled positions um even before the winter storm there was a shortage of skilled labor in the united states and that's because the big college push the push to go to college actually made people look at vocation skilled labor jobs differently. And now we're seeing that we still need those jobs. I have nothing but good things to say about college, but I also have nothing but good things to say about industrial education. And I think that's something that the black community needs to look at now, because as a welder, you can go to a welding school may cost you $10,000, but they're coming out of school making $50,000 and school is no more. I think the last time I checked one school was like nine months. It may not even be that long. A lot of our community colleges like Lone Star Community College and Houston Community College offer these things, but I think I would like to see them back in the high school like there were when I were younger. So young men and young women that know that, Hey, might not be ready for college, but they can go now and get these vocation skills and still be able to provide for themselves and their family. It would solve a lot of our social economic issues that we have in the black community because when a person is working and can take care of themselves, there's a sense of pride that comes with that. Just like you said, you know, you're about to turn 18 and you want to be your own man. A lot of that comes from having your own money. So I think, um, Booker T. Washington is someone else that you should look at, but I would definitely put together a list of of books that you can find on Amazon and just fill your brain with all this knowledge so that when you're ready to get out there and do your work, well, you're already doing it. But when you're getting more intense in your work, you'll have this to fuel you with. And the person that you mentioned, like Sean King, he reads a lot. And that's something else that we have to do as a black community. We got to read. A lot of times yeah. we we fail to read and we miss out on a lot of things. So I'll send you that so you can get busy on that. But I'm super proud of the things that 
you are doing as a young man and preparing to do as a young man. And I just encourage you to keep pushing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Is there anything that you would like to share in closing? Any final thoughts, your Instagram, anything like that? Uh, my Instagram is uh, T underscore Perk, P-E-R-K. So I would like to follow me just in case you just need any advice or anything to talk about. Awesome. I appreciate that. Y'all, please um, follow Tyler. As he said, he's on Instagram and he would love to inspire you and encourage you. And that's T underscore Perk, P-E-R-K. Thank you, Tyler. Y'all, we have had a wonderful um, session, this lesson about social justice and the youth. And I just want to make sure that, you know, your youth have opinions they see what's going on even if you don't talk to them and you have good intentions and think you're protecting them from the the bad that's going on outside they're still exposed to it because when they leave your loving nest they go to school and they hear these things so one of the things that i i suggest or actually i have three things that i have suggest so one Allow your kids to openly discuss their thoughts about what's going on in the world, social justice, whatever it is. Talk to your kids. I know um, a lot of us grew up in that era of children should be seen and not heard, but they're going to be heard by someone because social media is too powerful. Let them be heard by you so that you can help shape their thoughts. Fill in the gaps that are in the world that they're retrieving from social media. You need to fill those gaps in, even from school. Um, ask what is going on in their class. So you want to talk about, hey, what did y'all talk about today? It's Black History Month. What's going on? What do y'all have planned? If they don't know, reach out to their professors. Reach out to their teachers. I know as a professor, you may not be able to reach out. But definitely when they're in secondary, email that teacher, hey, what plans do you have for Black History Month? Volunteer to help. If you know that you're really um, well-educated, have read a lot, and you want to go in and share, even if you want to put together a slide and send it to the teacher and say, hey, I made this for you so you can share in your class about Black History, you'll be surprised how, how thankful your teacher may be. So my three things, allow your kids to openly discuss their thoughts Ask what's going on in class and fill in the gaps because there will be gaps. And I know everybody may not feel comfortable discussing black history because they don't think that they're strong enough educated in it. However, you are and you can start wherever you are. Learn together with your child, but you got to discuss it because we can't leave it totally up to the school systems to educate our kids on African-American history, culture, and just understanding who they are. So thank you all for tuning in. I ask you to follow us on Instagram. It's Bikita Pegram. On Twitter, it's Bikita Pegram. And on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple or any other podcast, if you look up Dope Conversations, you will find us there. Please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new shows. Um, it's been great. 
I look forward to talking to you on the next episode. We'll do a little bit more deeper into social justice and spirituality. Tyler touched on it today, and it is important. But next week, we're going to look at the role of social justice in um, the church, in the church involved in social justice. Our guest will be James McGee III. He's the CEO of the Impact Movement as a student religious organization on college campuses, and he's going to share some of the things that they are doing to get involved in the movement, but we'll also hear what needs to happen in the movement. And again, we'll give you some grassroots solutions that you can do on your block because this can only change if we start in our house we start with our neighbors we start on the bus route we have to start in the neighborhood so thank you for tuning in look forward to seeing you next week goodbye